Hello there, and welcome to the Nowhere Scenario Podcast, and I'm only recording this to apologize in advance for my sick voice. I got sick and then hit with allergies, and we've been holding off this podcast for almost two months now, so we just said, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and do it. If not, it's never going to happen. So we recorded about three hours, split it up into three episodes, and we're going to go ahead and record more. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Peace. This is not a dream. Not a dream. We are using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. You are unable to transmit your conscience and your interference. You are receiving this podcast as a dream. We're starting to record right now, and that's how we're going to do it, because we've been holding this off for too long, but thank you to, for whoever may be listening, we're going to do something that nobody likes these days, and that's an origin story, because there's way too many fucking origin stories, and and of course this is explicit, it's not PG-13, it's going to be like rated R. And so, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be pretty bad. But we're gonna talk about it right now because you know what? I'm actually curious to know. I don't even know y'all's favorite movies. I don't. I mean, I know Mike's. No, I know his favorite sci-fi. I just don't know his favorite movie. So I'd actually like to know. But of course, we're not starting off with me. So we're going to start with John from South Texas, of course. So, John, John, I want to know, what are your two favorite movies? Well, My we're going to start with number two. We're going to start with number two, though. First, okay. number two. My bad. Jump the gun. Introduce yourself. Uh, yeah. I'm John, also known as John John from San Antonio. So, John right. John from San Antonio. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> well, I, I, okay, you know, I had everybody make a short list. What's your second favorite movie on that short list? Robocop. Oh, shit. Ooh, that's a good one. <sighs> what the fuck are you talking about? It was like, it's been, what, 20 years since you last saw it? I haven't seen it in 20 years. Oh, I've, I've probably seen it at least once a year. No, well, yeah, I'm talking about Robert, but you know what? Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, it's, it, it's memorable to its credit. Oh, shut the fuck up. It's more than memorable. It's great. It's actually... It's like a flu vaccine. you got to update it every year. Yeah, it's, it's actually my second favorite sci-fi film of all time. RoboCop. When it comes to sci-fi, the sci-fi category, RoboCop is my number two. Easily. I mean, I've been watching it since it came out on VHS. Because my brother used to... He used to have a good friend. Worked at a video store. Oh, he's got the first run hits into the house or in the projects. It was fun. So, yeah, I've been watching RoboCop ever since. I love it. So, that's cool. Yeah, RoboCop. I love it. 
Robert, now I'm curious to know what is your number two. That's the one thing. Out of everybody here, I'm actually curious about your favorites. And I hope you don't say Wrath of Country number one, but we're going to get to that soon. So what's your number two? Uh, my number two, uh, Wrath of Khan was considered, but I've actually always liked Search for Spock better. Um, my actual number two favorite movie is The Last Starfighter. Get the fuck out of here. No. <laughs> no, I, no, I, no, no, no. I mean, like, leave. Get the fuck out oh. now. I have it in my voodoo collection. Amen. It's a good-ass movie. Ah, oh, damn it, man. You just like it for that whole laser blossom, whatever the fuck they call it, death blossom. Death blossom. Death blossom that they did in Overwatch. No, Nobody remembers actually, that movie, but that scene. I actually like it because it's like just this kid who played video games in a trailer park, and um, you know he ends up getting picked up by this interstellar league to fight the bad guys. It's a fucking awesome movie. Sounds like it all you. started by doing well in a video game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so Robert's... our lead gets to team up with the president from OCP. It's Robert's life. Instead, he went to Corpus. <laughs> I'm just saying, every part of Corpus has internet access. Like fiber internet access? Oh, yeah. Holy shit, that's impressive. Impressive. Okay, well... This is an, one one interesting thing because I've only known, I know Mike's number one, but it, it just might be his favorite sci-fi of all time. I might be wrong, but now I want to know, Mike, what's your number two favorite movie of all time? Not not specific genres, just anything. Like, what is your number two favorite film ever made? Good, bad, and the ugly, hands down. I should have known that. Nice. That's a good one. I don't even like westerns, and I'll watch that. And because you have a protagonist with no name, and because he doesn't really say much, it's kind of like you're experiencing it through him, but, you know, he's almost a silent protagonist. It's kind of like New Vegas in in narrative form when you think about it. Uh, Because it's more about what's going on around here, you know. Well, we were talking about this not long ago. Um, I already forgot his name, Uh, the fucking Mexican dude. Tuco. Tuco? Yeah, I was like, I was talking about how my favorite scene in that movie is when he's putting together the different pieces to make his badass revolver. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's why they have that scene in John Wick Two. Like, I've always loved it. Oh, they do that in John Wick Two. I didn't remember that. Yeah, that, that couldn't have made a better too. villain than Lee Van Cleef. I mean, <laughs> just a guy that just looks evil. You know, he's the spitting and he's the epitome. Wait, isn't he General Chang? No, that's Christopher Plummer. Lee Van oh, Cleef okay. was the, the dude from uh, Escape from New York. Okay, yeah. I remember him on Escape from New York. I don't, yeah. I don't know why I got him confused. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember him on anything else. Well, it's time to come down to my number two favorite film of all time. And that's Wait, The Exorcist. Like it's The Exorcist. Yeah, that 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 works. It's a great movie. I mean, it, it was the tough between that or Jaws because I love Jaws too, but it, it's The Exorcist for me. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a you know like there's a lot of people who say you know it's 
it's not scary the way everybody makes it seem to be. It's just, well, I mean, it's not. I don't see it as a horror movie. It's it's a pretty fucked up thriller. Yeah, it's and, like a documentary. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, it's, it, it was it's, it was based on some shit that happened. Yeah, it, it, it's, in Mexico. It's a good movie. It it was a uh, written by um, William Peter Blatty, who was a comedy author before he wrote The Exorcist. Surprising. Which is why, if you watch the the uh, the Ninth Configuration, you're like, oh, this is this is a, a film based on uh, the Ninth Configuration, which is written by William Peter Blatty, who wrote The Exorcist. This is going to be interesting. I'm going to watch this. Then you're watching, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Where the demons? You know, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's a wacky it's a wacky film. I never read the book. If there is a book of the Ninth Configuration, but. It was it was wacky. It was a really wacky movie. But that's it for number twos, and we're on to number one. We're going back to the beginning. And John John. Oh man. Yes. I, I wonder what this dude's favorite movie of all time is now. Well that's probably gonna be the Night of the Living Dead, the Tom Savini one. Ooh, oh wow. Gonna... Really? That was the first movie or like the first horror movie that I ever saw. Fucking scared the shit out of me. Instilled the fear of zombies in me. Everyone should be afraid of zombies. Mm-hmm. With Tony oh, Todd. Oh my god, he's such a good actor. Yeah, Tony Todd's great, man. I especially love them on The Rock. But the effects, my god, the effects. Yeah. Yeah, I did forget Tom Savine directed that one. Robert, what about you? Your number one film of all time. I think I've already mentioned this, but uh, yeah, my favorite movie of all time is The Princess Bride. Mm. High up there on my list. It is a perfect movie. It really is. There is no reason that movie should ever be remade under any circumstances. The reason that movie holds a special place in my heart is uh, my mother wanted to go see it. She took me in the theater. I was very young when it came out. You know, 87, but I'm old and I'm starting to show my age a little bit. But it was called The Princess Bride, and it kind of opened up, and they're there, and and it's that lovey, as-you-wish shit right at the beginning. And I'm like this, you know, eight-year-old kid or however old I was. And I didn't know what the movie was going to turn into, so I remember such a hate and disdain and, like, kicking and screaming, not wanting to see this. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. I, did, I didn't see a trailer or anything else. I mean, imagine you're an eight-year-old, you're going into a movie, and you just see that opening sequence, and you're like, oh, dear God, I know I'm only eight, but please kill me now. Oh, no, not a Fred Savage movie. And then even worse, and then just seeing it explode into everything that it was, uh, was, you know, kind of a life changer for me. Sure. I was so yeah, happy. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh yeah. Funny ass movie. It's, it's, it's incredibly good. Like just the pun value alone makes it worth a watch. Still, <clears throat> still memed to this very day. Mm-hmm. I mean, wanna... wait. Well, John, John, Robert, don't you guys have those kids that you work with that have never seen many movies? Yep. Maybe yep. you should recommend that to them if they haven't. I do at every opportunity. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that too. Hell yeah. 
I'll put right, it on the well, list. Well, Prince's Bride right there for Robert. Now we're going to yeah. Mike, which I Just hope I'm on Disney Plus. Which I hope I'm correct about Mike's favorite, which I'm thinking right now. So Mike, oh, go what ahead. Is your, what is, Lead me into this. What is your favorite? First. What is your favorite film of all time? To nobody in this room, surprise, yes, Gabe would be right. Must be Forbidden Planet. <laughs> I remember it being not only the first movie that I remember seeing, I remember at that right young age uh, being scared shitless. I remember growing a little bit older and realizing you know, the entire point and context of the movie, and, and that was changing, but as... I mean, I personally enjoyed it. It's a take on uh, Shakespeare's a template, uh, The Tempest as an adaptation, but I enjoyed it for everything that it was, but then I would grow an even fonder appreciation, realizing over the years that basically without that movie having existed, just about nothing would have followed because before Forbidden Planet, uh, sci-fi was considered uh, a serial at best and uh, very low budget not taken seriously and that movie proved viability of budget and taken seriously science fiction movies star trek would not be here without it dare i say star wars probably not either i just saw it for the first time last week yep yep i saw it for the second time but the first time i saw it i was like six that movie spawned all of sci-fi that All movie is like the Genghis Khan of science fiction. <laughs> One might even call it its Genesis. Yeah, it's Shut progenitor. Progenitor is the word I came up with. Even better. Patriarch? <laughs> it's responsible well, for at least one-third of all the sci-fi movies on the planet. Well, all I know and is... if you see it, having known Leslie Nielsen for any of his normal shit and then see that movie, you're like, wow. A, the guy was good looking. B, he could actually act. And C, serious? And yeah, He was D... Mr. Serious before he was Mr. Comedy. And Fair D, play. William Shatner based the entire character of James Kirk off of that. Wasn't that a point totally of debate? That. I mean, are you are you sure about that? I mean, look at the way he interacts with the lone female character in the movie. Well, I mean, is that is that like your opinion, or is it like a fact you saw, like, I don't know, on Looper or some shit? No, it's definitely my opinion. Oh, well, shit. This I mean, like, it seems it... obvious that he I had mean, to yeah. take an inspiration. I just couldn't see William Shatner giving it credit. Yeah, yeah. You see, you see, no. you see. You, no, no, no. I get that. It's just Robert made it seem like. Like, oh, I just read it last year in the National Enquirer that <laughs> Kirk wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Leslie Nielsen. Like, okay, where did you hear? Okay, you know what? I believe we're, that. We're, we're, we're moving on. But yes, Forbidden Planet, uh, we're going to have the next, and I guess, second episode we're going to do is going to be all about Forbidden Planet and its yes. influences. I cannot so, wait because I have one in my pocket that you guys probably haven't thought of. Well, here's one thing for sure. This is going to be very short-lived. Of when I'm going, I'm a, you know my number one favorite film of all time. And well, I'm just going to go ahead and say, it. and it's Eraserhead. Fair. Okay. You see, 
That's the greatest film of all time. I just it haven't leaves... seen it, so I can't weigh in. So whoever can. It fucking leaves everybody confused. And they're like, "What the fuck just happened?" I still haven't <laughs> seen it. I just know there's a reference to it in uh, PT. David Lynch is unique. Well, actually, um, I, I I don't know who directed Under the uh, Silver Lake, but man, that film comes very close to David Lynch. And yes, Under the Silver Lake. If if you like David Lynch films, you need to watch Under the Silver Lake, and that's a great uh, movie. Favorite Lynch film would probably be Dune. Uh, second favorite would be Lost Highway. You're gonna have to have a Lynch night, you know that too, right? <laughs> Dune. I mean, yeah, but if there's gonna be a Lynch night, we're gonna wa- we're not gonna watch Dune or Dune. <laughs> we're not gonna we see watch the, Dune. Can we see the fan cut of Dune? <laughs> no, we're gonna watch Blue Velvet if we watch it. If, if we have a David Lynch night, Blue right, Velvet. I've never seen that. Like we'll have to watch two if it's gonna be a whole night of David Lynch. Since I know Mike hasn't seen Eraserhead, John, you seen Eraserhead? No, I haven't. Jesus, man, the hell's your problem? So I guess we're gonna have to watch Eraserhead and Blue Velvet. I'm swine up. I don't watch stuff. Or Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive. Either one. Why no love for Lost Highway? Eraserhead and Blue Velvet. I didn't say I didn't love it. I'm just saying it's. It's the one movie a lot of people have seen of David Lynch. Aside from Dune. I've seen The Elephant Man. Yeah, Elephant Man too. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to be uh, Blue Velvet. That's for sure. Blue Velvet and... Well, you know what? Just, just for shits and giggles, I want to see what the fuck you guys go through for just watching uh, Mulholland Drive. So it's going to have to be those. But, yeah, that's that's a weird... Not weird, but... Our picks for our top two favorite movies is just random shit you'd find at the Walmart bin in the DVDs clearance section. Where there's just no specific genre, it's just left and right. Yeah, no, they're, they're just thrown in there care- carelessly. Movies from the late 1900s. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen get also... You'll find Gattaca in there. What's going to happen here now is... This is not just going to be a podcast about movies, even though a lot of it is going to be movies because, I mean, we love movies. But aside from movies, we also love video games. And all we do is play video games and talk about movies. That's all we do. We're just nothing but a bunch of 40-year-olds that hang out on Discord, play video games, and talk about movies. It It does not get any simpler than that. So... I asked these pieces of shit to also make a top two favorite games list. So, I hope you really thought about this, John. But I think I know one of your favorites. And I think I know what your number one favorite is. You might know what my I number two say, favorite is. I want to say it's a sequel. Oh? It, yes, I think, I think your favorite is the sequel. What the hell? Wait, wait, wait. Is somebody taking a piss right now? Uh, no, sorry. I had to sink on. <laughs> what, what, the like kind of, what the fuck kind of sink sounds like it's taking a piss? Dude? One, that, one that you're trying to keep low so it doesn't show up on the chat? It's your mic. 
Is that what you call your dick? A sink? <laughs> Man. All right. Well. Oh my. Well, this is. I think I know John's favorite uh, video game of all time, which is. I'm pretty sure it's a sequel. But I'm not gonna say it right now. But I want to hear John tell us what his second favorite video game of all time is. Second favorite video game of all time is No Man's Sky. Are you serious? Yeah. Hell yeah. Worthy. What the fuck? I, I did not expect that. I mean, all right. I mean, everybody here but me loves No Man's Sky. Like, I don't hate it. I, I get on, I'm like, I'm just going to go make some holes. You guys go do whatever the fuck you want to do. All I do is just make holes with that gun where I, the fuck it is. I've been with it since it's Rocky Start, so it's kind of yep, got a Rocky. Me too. Got a personal thing for me. That's strange. It's like an underdog story. Yeah. Just in the development. It's like a choose your own adventure Star Trek novel. Dude, that that's really surprising to me. It's like Robinson Crusoe lost in space. That that that's really fucking surprising to me. Alright. What well, what were you expecting? I want to know what you were gonna say. Shut the fuck up. We're moving on to Robert. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I, I for real, I don't know. I don't know. You don't it, it's know. Just, I, I just, it's just, it, it really surprised me that No Man's Sky. Holy shit. All right. Well, I mean, that's cool. I mean, it is that's a fun game. That's part of game. its charm. It can be something different for everybody. <laughs> it, it is a fun game. I'll give it that. Okay, um, well now, now we're moving on to Robert. If, I, I, will, I will add that uh, No Man's Sky is in my top 10, possibly my top 5. Yeah, well, we don't care about that. We care about your top two. What's your number two? Skyrim. Ooh. Oh, you're not I allowed to have it. a Bethesda game in your top two. <laughs> unless it's New Vegas. Okay. You're, not, you're not allowed to have a Bethesda game in your top two unless it's properly released with no bugs. It's shit. No Man's... I mean, uh, Skyrim still got bugs now, even with the special edition. I still play the hell out of it. I've been playing that since... Man, I have, what, both versions of Skyrim that were sold on Steam? Yeah, what's, a, what's so special about the special edition? It's got special it's got bugs. It's Game of the Year edition. But then it also had a bunch of shit added to it uh, afterwards with patches and shit. Like special and, bugs? Mm-hmm. And a graphical overhaul. The graphical overhaul. Which nobody needed with mods. And they started planting... Uh, the community mods into the game as part of the vanilla content. They updated the graphics for the newer consoles. And now you can fish. I actually did not know that bit. Now I'm going to have to make a new profile. That's worth the upgrade right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Skyrim. I mean, I do love that game. So, yeah. I, mean, I played I the fuck out of it. Yeah. So, you're number two. That's number two. I give a thumbs up to also, because right. I love I love Alduin. <laughs> I love when he dies. Know. I love when he dies and he's all screaming in dragon tongue. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. He's he's a great villain. I just love everybody's like, you know what, man? We 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 got to read the scroll, man. We we got to kick his ass. All right, cool. And then he just sent him like what? So many hundreds of years into the future. Not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> just nope. 
shit. Say, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we defeated Alduin. How? We just threw him over to the neighbor's yard. <laughs> it's like, all right. It's like when our dog shits in our yard. Let the next generation deal with the hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let the millennials deal with it. <laughs> well, all right. So, Mike, you're number two. This is okay. This is gonna be interesting. Because no, all, all I all I know is Mike <laughs> liking one game, or just one game series. I know so two games one. that he likes. No, Gabe, you know of another one. In fact, this game was about twenty years ago. It introduced me to the entire genre. I oh, still don't remember say spending don't say many, many days uh, watching you play it and couldn't wait until I went through it myself. Yes, let's give it up for Bethesda and Fallout 3. Oh. Well, nice. It, wait, it came out in, like, what, 2007, 2008. So it's almost 20 years. Hey, we it's all blew up Megaton. But either way, it was early. And the, the reason, I mean... I had never seen anything like that before, and Gabe was trying to explain the entire thing to me, and I just couldn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's the superior game in, in anything that Bethesda's done or anything, but uh, it it holds a favorite special place because it was kind of my introduction to the entire thing. By the time Skyrim came out, you know, I was ready for it. But the first time that I ever seen something like Fallout 3 happen, it, it was a blow my mind. Oh, and real right. quick, just for a quick reference. Well, I wouldn't say reference, but I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Damon Karras. No, I'm Gabe. <laughs> so whenever he says Gabe, he's talking about me. I'm Gabe. So yes, Gabe. Hello. Okay. So you, yeah, you want know Fallout Three? You know what? Uh, our very my bestie from Florida, everybody's little friend here. Um, she loves Fallout Three the most like she plays fallout 4 a lot but fallout 3 is the most it got her through a hard time in life and yeah just yeah i, I understand that yeah fallout 3 is a great game um oh man i mean you know what uh, i love it but new vegas is just damn fucking perfect dude but yeah fallout 3 is definitely like for though for anyone who never played one or two it was like the perfect game to get into which I will say it's better than one and two. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. There's, you know, there's all those elitists out there. Like, no, man, it's all about one, two, and fucking wasteland. Like, no, dude, fuck that. Yeah, no, it's so much better. Actually, the first time I met Robert, Robert brought it up the other night that the first time we met, which is like ten years ago or some shit at a bar, we were talking about Operation, or I mean, no, no, Mothership Zeta the whole time. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We talked about that shit for like three hours. Yeah, it was, it was a very good game. It was fun. I still like, um, damn it, what the hell's the name of that ship? That city? It's it's on a ship. Rivet City? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I was talking to Robert how um, I went to the back of the ship outside and there was some dude crying out there against the rails. And I'm like, hey man, what's going on? What happened? And he's like, I'm a piece of shit. My kids and my wife are dead because of me. And I was like, yeah, you piece of shit. They're dead because of you. He's like, I should kill myself. It's like, yeah. And he just jumped off the fucking shit. And he died. <laughs> and I lost a sh Dude, not lost, but I gained a shitload of bad karma. Because of that. And I, and I was like, 
I was like, well, I'm already stepping into the dark side, I guess. So I just went into that little temple they have at the Rivet City, and I started stealing from the donation box too. <laughs> so I was like, might as well get, might as well get the the achievement to go full bad karma, right? So yeah, that was and, fun. And then he rigged the an exploded nuke in Nuketown to explode. You know what? No, I couldn't do that because I really didn't want our little friend to become a ghoul. She was so nice. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Megaton? Huh? You didn't blow up Megaton? No, because because uh, I already I heard that What's-Her-Face would turn into a ghoul. Oh, spoilers. And that chick from Montana, the Miss, don't you know? The one yeah, who was writing the, into a ghoul. The one who was writing the Wastelander book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wasteland Survival Guide. Yeah, I I didn't want to hurt her. I felt bad. So you you see her as a ghoul, and she still got that Midwest fucking Wisconsin accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, there's a blinding flash of light, don't you know? <laughs> I can't believe I called it Nuketown. Well, if that's the only thing that you remembered for is barbecuing it, then yeah, I guess. Uh, well, only on it's one. It's okay. We know what you meant. Only on one playthrough. All right. Well. Here comes my turn for number two favorite game of all time. And you know what? This is um, crazy because for the longest time, like my number two game was like Metal Gear Solid. As time went by, got replaced by other games. So for a long time, the Mass Effect or just Mass Effect 1 along with the trilogy was like in my top five games ever. But shit's changed a lot. And my number two favorite game of all time, which is no bullshit, is Cyberpunk 2077. What's funny is, when I had built my new PC, there was this thing online like, well, only beefy PCs can handle Cyberpunk because, you know, it released all broken and shit. So I was like, you know what, I'll I'll go ahead and buy it off of Steam full price because it was just still new. It was like four months after release I built the PC. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to buy the game. I'll play it. For like an hour and then get my refund you know because steam you have a two hour limit before you can put in for a refund and i'm like it's gonna be easy to even get a refund now because you know it's all buggy everybody's having problems with it fuck yeah it'll be nice dude i kept playing that shit for hours and i was like it's just just too late for a fucking refund now dude i loved it i still love it i like it more than fallout it's it's just such a good game. It's fun. The characters are fun. The stories are fun. There's some side quests that they're not great on a second playthrough. Because there's a lot of quests that's very story driven. Not on not like little to no action. And the first time it's great. You're getting a good story. You even get a side quest that's uh it, it's pretty cool. It's like a very detective uh noirish you know almost like seven where you're hunting there's somebody somebody's family member they they believe that there's a serial killer out there and they believe that this uh their family member got taken by the serial killer well it turns out the serial killer died but they don't know where his lair is at and they don't know where his final victims are at if they're still alive so the side quest is you having to do detective work to find his lair and to go and possibly save any victims he might have in there. It's it's just it's really fucking cool, man. You know, and 
like that that side quest again it's it's great the first playthrough second time i mean it kind of sucks because you already know what to do but it's filled with stuff like that it's filled with a lot of cool references um i like the dresden dolls and their song coin operated boy and there's the side quest with the vending machine and one of the chapters to that side quest is called coin operated boy <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is this is really cool. There's a lot of song references, a lot of movie references in in side quests or even just shit out in the world. And yeah, it, it, it's a, it's in my opinion, it's the perfect game. The cyberpunk genre has always been really cool. You know, if you love Blade Runner, you're gonna love fucking cyberpunk. So yeah, that's my number two right there, man. Easily, and it's I'm still. Funny. I'm still waiting for the big update coming out, so... I was going to add that, like, uh... It's basically Blade Runner, the video game. No, but, um... But yeah, that's my, that's my number two. And now this is where we're gonna go. This, this, shit, this is where shit's gonna get real, dude, right here. John. It's gonna get divisive. We're right all... <laughs> we are all wondering what your number one video game of all time is and i am so fucking sure what it is i want to say it for you if you allow me to uh yeah go ahead john's favorite video game of all time diablo 2 the i was kind of wrestling with that one fuck you no we're done Podcast over. Fuck this shit. I'm deleting this fucking file. You gonna pull me to the side and tell me I'm wrong? Holy shit! Okay, I want to know what. The... You said <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna whisper yell at me. If this fucking dude fucking says Diablo three, you gonna fucking I'm gonna punch a fucking monitor, dude. <laughs> Delete all social media. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking block him on everything I have him on, dude. <laughs> He's gonna be like, "No, it's actually uh, Diablo Three expansion." No, oh, fuck that. Diablo okay. Immortal. Uh, <laughs> fuck that. Okay, okay, okay. What's your favorite? Nah, that's some bullshit, dude. What's your favorite game of all time? He's gonna be like, "No Man's Sky expansion." No, dude. <laughs> okay. No, those are all free. It doesn't count. Okay, what's your favorite game of all time? Uh, Diablo 2. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, I mean, there's a lot of games that I fucking played a shitload of, but I probably played a lot more of Diablo 2 than anything else. Alright, I'm going to go back and edit out all the shit after I say Diablo 2. Alright, cool. But yeah, Diablo 2, yeah. Man. Well, here's, here's a question. How, how do you feel about the remake? Oh, it's great. Like, there's is a lot it... of quality of life improvements. There's shared stash, which you didn't fucking have. Auto gold pickup. New enemies, new items. They're doing a multiplayer season ladder. So here's the thing: like, would you ever go back to playing the original with this one out, or is this like the perfect, like, fine-tuned version of it? Uh, no, I don't think I'd go back to the original because that's where, I mean, the majority of the population went to the remake. Oh, so it's that good. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, damn. Hell yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain right there. Yeah, Diablo two. That that's a good pick. Also, I never knew, I never knew about Diablo two until I, 
I went to, you weren't at the house, you were at an apartment with some dudes, like roommates, and saw you playing Diablo 2 there, and that's the first time I ever seen or heard of it, so. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that's a super long time ago. That was like two decades ago, or more. Uh, But yeah, Diablo 2, so now, Roberto. Yeah, I still play it. Alright, um, I'm going to reach back into the way, way back. My favorite game of all time is uh, Donkey Kong Country. I was going to say, if you if you didn't say country, I'd be like, you're full of shit, dude. Shut up. Pipe dreams. No. <laughs> Donkey Kong Country. Okay. That game is so fucking good. How do you feel that Rare is just... Microsoft bought Rare and just made them do their little Xbox avatar for years with having such talent as they did. Disappointed. You know, because, I mean, everybody remembers Rare. I'm pretty sure everybody's first encounter with Rare was uh, Killer Instinct. Yep. Or Goldeneye. Back with the, the Ultra 64. Remember that? It was, it was going to be called the Ultra 64? Yeah, and they did that weird, like, uh, fucking MIDI, like, music after that well, i don't know about that but i mean we do know yet um no they they showed it, a rotating n64 logo and it was like oh yeah that was on the arc yeah that was that was on the arcade yeah on killer instinct yeah but but yeah so it went i would say gold or well, golden eye was after killer instinct because the killer instinct came out before the nintendo 64 because remember it was going to be called ultra 64 yeah so once it came out, they're like, oh, they changed it to Nintendo 64. Then that's when they started making games, which are not Killer Instinct, and they did, yeah, Donkey Kong. Well, Donkey Kong Country they did on Super Nintendo. Yeah, it was uh, 1994. Yeah. Yeah, and then GoldenEye on 64, which I, yeah. I, I, I hate. I, it was the most overrated fucking game to me. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I, I was playing like fucking Doom, and then people are like, "You got try Goldeneye," and I'm like, "Why? Why the fuck do I want to play this?" I think the mitigating factor on that might be for all for for everybody that was just coming from console. I guess it was kind of their first foray into that. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that, but I mean, telling someone who's playing PC first person shooter games, like, no, I'm not gonna like that. But then you know, Halo happened. And I was like, you know, that changed everybody's mind. Well, except for the hardcore Counter-Strike players. You know, Half-Life and shit like that. But, uh, whatever. But yeah, Donkey Kong Country. Damn. You got anything else to say about Donkey Kong Country? Besides, I loved it. I actually 101%ed it on my first playthrough. 101? Yeah. There's a way to 101%. It. And uh, if you had the original cartridge, it only worked once. And the only way to know about it is to uh, pick, like, the lowest prize in one of the barrel smash bonus rooms. Now, you pick the single banana in uh, one of the bonus levels in uh, the mechanical world or whatever. It leads to a second bonus room, and that's how you get 101%. Interesting. Yeah, that's letting me know. I'll be sure to do that next week when I start my playthrough. Yeah. 
Your playthrough of like a 30 year old game. No, that is crazy though. 101%. Yeah. I never really uh, played it. I mean, I rented it and I was just like, eh, it's all right, but it it did look nice for the time though. Oh. That was probably like the yeah. best looking game like on a console at that time. Yeah, Nintendo called it uh, ACM. They called it Advanced Computer Modeling, which was yeah. what like all the geeks were doing back then apparently because then we got the whole like polygon generation but it was all they could do back then to actually render something but then translate it to pixels before you could actually just give us rendered stuff exactly like that game was a groundbreaker wait weren't they doing that with the killer instinct yeah yeah, that was kind of the original platform for that. It's the same kind of technology. At the end of the day, it was still sprites for all intents and purposes. It was essentially like photographed 3D renders, you know, just translated into... Is that why you would see the wave going upward on Killer Instinct when you would play it? Not sure I noticed, but maybe. Yeah, there's always like a constant wave, like, like a line going upward slowly. That's one thing I always remember about that. Well, Donkey Kong Country. And I was telling you guys earlier, I'm pretty sure I know what Mike's favorite video game is of all time. Maybe. I don't like the sound of that. Mike, what is your favorite number one top tier game of all time? And I want to Not say it's three, probably... but solid what? one. Oh, shit, really? I was duped in by that damn Pizza Hut disc. And I popped it in there, that, that demo disc that actually uh, had uh, the perfect cliffhanger of this. It was a, kind of the first time since Ninja Gaiden for the NES that I had seen like a narrative within a video game. And it's basically, I mean, I don't want to go as far as a playable movie because God knows it really wasn't the gameplay, but such a story-driven narrative that I kind of just... I would get through the game just to see what would develop next. But yeah, that was the game changer for me by the time two and three came out, much like Skyrim after Fallout three and New Vegas and the like, I was kind of ready for them, but it was solid. That that was probably my biggest game changer, most emotional, compelling for the time. I mean, if I was 18 or something like that, so, you know, it was just uh, weird to have that kind of narrative uh, and be pulled into a story that I knew absolutely nothing about. I mean, I rented the original NES Metal Gear, and I played it for all of five seconds before giving it back <laughs> to the rental because I couldn't figure out what the fuck to do. The first video game in history where the objective was not to kill anybody, and then they just took it to the nth degree. So I'm like, oh, this is another Metal Gear game, and I put it in there, and I went through it. And while I must admit I wasn't really sucked in by the gameplay right right off the bat, the cliffhanger that they uh, left me on when that DARPA chief died, and and uh, I, I just had to buy it to figure out what the heck happened next, and by the time I was done, you know, I fell for Sniper Wolf, you know, I uh, got to see... To me. I got to see Lee Van Cleef again. His name was Revolver Ocelot. Oh, shit. Well, let's face facts, that was him and even in snake eater there's that whole speech about kojima's love for the good bad and the ugly there ain't no way in hell that ocelot was not modeled after him oh i thought i thought it was like him voicing him 
But it, it might as well. It was that gruff kind of sounding, you know, voice. I mean, it was essentially him. And, uh, you know, every every other reference. But uh, that game just sent me back for a long time. That was a beautiful game. Wait, wait. So the demo was from the start all the way to the first Vox Dive victim? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a long demo. Yeah, it was. It was... Uh... But then again, so was the uh, demo for the second disc. When you think about it, it was basically the entire um, they cargo. They had a demo for the second disc? No, I think he means part uh, two. Part two. Um, oh. Sons of Liberty. Uh, that was the entire carrier scene up until Ocelot comes in and, you know, starts going nuts. But uh, so, yeah, they actually gave you a lot of content. <laughs> You know, they put you up there, and then you buy that game, and then you get up to the same point, and then you're like, psych! But that's a story for another day. But yeah, Solid was my other game changer. It opened me up to a whole new world of narrative. Like, I cared about what was going on besides just what I was doing. Yeah, I, I, I completely see why. Because there was that one point where, yeah, Solid, Solid 1 was my favorite game of all time, and... For me, I heard you mention was... it earlier, and I was wondering if maybe I was taking the easy way out. But you knowing me, you know, this it, it was going to be a given one way or the other. But I, you know, it's like saying Empire Strikes Back is arguably the best. But you know, that first memory of a new hope. You know what I mean? That's funny because my favorite's Return of the Jedi, but that's just me. I saw Return of the Jedi first. Gabe's got a thing for furries. Furries? A Return of the Jedi? What, Ewoks? Yeah. yeah. I mean, can, couldn't you just say the same thing for all of Star Wars since, like, Chewbacca's in all of them? Except for the prequels, I guess. The ultimate furry? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Well, I mean, oh, uh, I, I guess the, the, Wookiees, the Wookiees do come out on, what is it, Revenge of the Sith? But yeah, uh, for me, one thing that, made, that did make me like Metal Gear Solid a, a lot was not killing people. Because it was different, you know? Sneaking around. Huh? What was that noise? You know, all that shit. Putting guards to sleep. Putting out playboys to distract them. <laughs> <laughs> and once I figured that out, the first Nintendo game began to make sense to me again. I was like, son of a bitch. That's what I was doing wrong the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that it was fun. It was a whole new, uh, new gameplay experience, and it was fun. You know, kind of like Dead Space, where... They were saying you have to unlearn the headshot. In Dead Space, it's not about headshots; it's about cutting limbs. off their limbs. It's like, huh? This is, it's it's fun. It's different. Man can't stand, he can't fight. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid <laughs> made espionage fun for me. Yeah. The enemy cannot shoot if you cut off his hand. Well, I mean, they don't shoot at you on Dead Space. Well, I mean, I guess the yep. little babies with the tentacles do, but. Now, I do have a question regarding Solid. Which came first, the whole Splinter Cell bit or the Metal Gear Solid, solid bit? Solid. Solid. Okay. <laughs> then it was Splinter Cell. Well, it was Solid and... What was there was what was what after Solid that a lot of people were comparing it to? It was like Siphon Filter. Siphon yeah, Filter, I had that game. Maybe that's... Yeah. Yeah, then Splinter Cell. They just Cell. didn't have the same narrative for me, though. One thing I love about kind the real driving force until they burst into flames. Well, we're gonna go ahead and move. We're gonna go ahead and move on because we're gonna have to talk about this, and this is gonna be very controversial. Because so for the longest time, Mass Effect was my favorite 
I love it. Which I do see uh, also hints of Forbidden Planet in Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect was a... I loved it, man. It was great. But then came Ghost of Tsushima. And I loved it. I played it on PS4. First time I played it, I was like, this is the greatest game of all time. It's amazing. Finished it. Bought the director's cut on PS5. Played it again recently. And I'm like, dude, this game is so fucking annoying. There's just, there's I wasn't just expecting a, that. <laughs> there's just a lot wow. of things. There's just a lot of things in it that piss me off. It's like, oh, I rescue someone. They all do the same animations. And they just look at you all stupid. Like, you know, while they're holding their wrists. They all do the same animation. And I was like, I, I have to rethink about this. And I gave it a 5 out of 5. But rethinking it, I was like, this is like a 3.5. 3.5 right there. So it's not my number one. It is why I say my number one is very controversial now. Because for one, it I'm still... I have not finished this fucking game. You're just going to say Andromeda. It's, it's <laughs> fucking Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, no. Ooh. And I have, I, have not even, I have not even fucking finished it, but this game is amazing. It's perfect, and... I love it, man. Like, I, I want to buy another copy of it for PS5. Because I have it on PC. Oh, you can get and, the extra missions. Yeah, well, there's like one extra mission. That's cool, I think. I think it was like exclusive, uh, like an exclusive side quest. But, like, I love this game. I'm having fun with it. You know what? I've never read the books. I've only seen the first three movies. But I feel like I'm living this world. I, I'm I'm doing everything there is to it. Like going to fucking class, going to class and learning about magic, astronomy. It's got all these cool, lovable characters. Um, it's got these cool little just side quests, or not even side quests, but just little activities. Looking for pages, getting pages that are just flying around, following little keys, opening loot. It's it's a fun game, man. It's. Up until now, it's the best game I've ever played in my life. It really is. You know, at one point, I would put, like, Arkham City up there, too, at number one. But mm -hmm. I feel this this is, like, it just beats everything I've ever played. And, 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 and you know, I'm not even going off of just story. I'm going off of gameplay. This game makes it fun, you know, for me yeah. to play. It's quality gameplay. Yeah, and I remember when 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 uh, when they first announced it, I was like, "Oh, it's a Harry Potter game. Who cares?" But I kept watching it. Yeah, but I kept watching it, and I'm like, "Wow, this looks fucking cool." So every time they would you know bring bring updates, I'd be like, "Okay, cool. You know, this game's gonna be coming out soon. I might want to buy it because it looks amazing." And every time they kept showing gameplay, like all last year, I was just following it. I'm like, "This is gonna be." the greatest game ever made. I'm like, this game just looks so fucking cool. And I remember like some months ago, uh, we were playing destiny Two, And, um, I was in voice with Mike and I said, dude, I can't wait for Hogwarts legacy to come out. And Mike goes, Hogwarts, you know, <laughs> like all in real and shit. Yeah. He's like, huh? Hogwarts. Harry Potter? Like, dude. And I'm like, no, dude, seriously, like this game looks fucking amazing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it when it comes out. 
And here I've actually watched Mad play several hours of it. Like you said, even just chasing pages or doing keys. Even I'm fascinated, and I haven't even bought it yet. I'm convinced. I think the game did a great job of putting like it's your experience in that world, but it's yeah. not like it's a Harry Potter game. It's 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 its own. It's you in that realm, and I think that's really I I love how they did that. Yeah, like I really love how I feel like I'm in there. Yeah, you know, and it's like, dude, it's like there's so many places to go with. How am I ever going to memorize this place? I don't want to be late for class, you know. Oh, it, it's so good. It, it's fun. It it's just it's stupid beautiful. All the characters are are so adorable too. They did a good job on the character models and the face. They, even the hair uh, details really good too. And yeah, this is worth. Worth noting that the uh, like voice to speaking syncing works really well in that game. Uh, all the teachers are cool. I still don't know their names, but uh, the uh, the potions teacher, he's like my favorite teacher out of all of them. He's really fucking cool. I know everybody's in love with the little ginger. <laughs> the, the little oh, Miss Garlic. <laughs> yeah, Miss Garlic. Everybody's in love with her. Uh, she's cool. She's adorable. But... It to me, it's all in the character, like the students, and a yeah. lot of them are just really adorable and lovable, and you just hope nothing happens to them. Like Amit, Amit's probably Amit. my favorite character, and Amit, he went. Awesome. He Have went you seen him mission. since astronomy class or no? Yeah, he he goes on a mission with you, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm taking him into a dangerous situation. Like, I hope he doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried. I was like, I hope Amit doesn't die. He, he's he's such a good kid, man. He loves the stars, and it's I, I really love the little mini games, finding the old ancient astronomy uh, tables. Oh yeah, I'm working on that right now. Yeah, and you just line up the uh, the constellations. Like that's fun. I mean, it's easy, but it, it's still a fun little side thing, you know, just little additional content. But yeah, everything that they did with the game, it's amazing it makes me want to watch the rest of the movies it even makes me want to read the books now man and you should absolutely read the books like this this game is amazing this is this is top tier video game development and everyone working on the game did an amazing job the controls are great the sound dude the sound effects are amazing when you go into battle the music is great summoning down lightning just throwing barrels into fucking enemies and just every crackle like oh it's perfect man and that's why i say it, it's 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 i've never done this before where i call a game my favorite game of all time and i've never finished it and this is that game damn and, it At the easy. risk of sounding like this guy, I'm sure that it would totally ruin the game and its experience, but it's like also the kind of game that I kind of wish I could play with others or another or something. That's I know fair. somebody's working on a PC mod to be able to do that. I don't know what it's called. No, um, no, no. They, they already did work. It's in testing. They, they released a video where they're messing around with it. Gotcha. But like, I don't know that if it would diminish it, because I'm sure the last thing we need is to turn it into another Destiny. No, but... I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Destiny, but I think a, uh, fun. like you don't have to make it an MMO like game or where there's player lobbies. You can just make it like 
You could join a friend. Yeah. There's a similar know. mod for Skyrim, and you can share quests, and the game's not buggy or anything like you, that. And there's a lobby where you can join. Kind of like games. a drop-in, drop-out experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but here's the thing, though. You know, this is not the first time they've done this for a game with no co-op, right? The first, like the first time I heard about that they did this was Halo One, back in two thousand two thousand one, and Cook did it. He did the co-op thing, and played with uh, somebody on the internet on Halo One. And that's really fucking cool. So yeah, also that's the, what... the story mode wasn't co-op originally. No, I mean you could do co-op, but it was local only, not online. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. So they they actually did find a way to do online co-op on Halo back then, like Sherry over twenty years ago. And yeah, Cook, he he was doing it. He was playing it on the online co-op. So yeah. You know, that's why I am you know, I'm not surprised he did that with Hogwarts. Oh I mean I I can't wait to finish this game. I'm really enjoying it. I'm having fun. But yeah, that that's my favorite game. But you know what, if it wasn't Let's say if Hogwarts wasn't around, like what would be my favorite game? <sighs> if, it, if 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 Hogwarts was not around, I would for sure say Andromeda. Cause yeah, it's, it's the perfect Mass Effect, and I know everybody hates it, but I think it's fucking great. I liked it. Yeah, it's an amazing game. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, if you like Mass Effect, you'll like it. But just remember. Okay, we're already done with the number ones. We're just going to talk about Andromeda real quick because I just have to back it up and defend it a little. Everybody hates it because yeah. Garrus is not in it. Everybody hates it because it's not Shepard. Like, you know, just get the fuck over it. It, it. Mass Effect needs a new title. It needs a new hero. Just get the fuck over it. That's the thing. You know, Andromeda... I think the lack of Garrus is worth the hate. No, like, Andromeda... <laughs> It, it it takes it's, it's it's more like a TV show where it can get silly at times, and they it doesn't take it so serious, man. And they do this because there's a whole section uh, during uh, I think it's uh, during Liam's uh, loyalty quest where it turns into fucking Star Wars. You know, there's a part where where uh, where you and Liam get into an argument, and you you're you're invading a, a the enemy ship, right? And you're right there next to their fucking uh, communications desk. And you get into an argument. And then the hologram pops up with the alien boss there. He's like, who the fuck is this? What are you doing on a ship? And you hear this menacing music. And Liam's like, dude, just shut the fuck up. We're having a conversation here. And he hits the button. The hologram goes away. And so there's the menacing music. It just goes away. (laughs) And you start arguing again. And then the hologram goes back up with the menacing music. And then you're like, shut up, we're having an argument. And you shut them off again. And this shit goes away. You know, like, it's like that type of silliness. You know, like, and that part starts off with, uh, you know, somebody's like, hey, what was all that noise down there? Who's this? And you're like, oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) You, You literally say, like, yeah, everything's fine here. How are you? Had, How are you? We had a small <laughs> weapons malfunction. Like you literally do that on Andromeda, and I'm like, dude, the, the yeah, was like, that that's when I knew, like, yeah, this is one of the best games ever made because the the people who made this game, who wrote it, developed it, they had fun with it. It just sucks that there's a lot of 
elitist fanboys out there who are like, no, we want Garrus. We want Rex. There's just some people who would not allow others to have fun because their favorite characters are not in it. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation Syndrome. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. That That's exactly what the fuck it is. That's, exi- that's exactly what it is with Mass Effect. It, there's a word that exists for this. It's called gatekeeping. Well, I thought gatekeeping was more from keeping it from newer, from fans outside of the fandom. No, it's just in general. Like, if you don't like this, but you like that, uh, you're not allowed in the club. No, it's more toxicity. I mean, all of it's toxic. I mean, because, like, really, gatekeeping would be, like, yeah, keeping it from um, fans who are not within that fandom, who are just, who are new to it, who want to, you know, have a taste of it. You know, yeah. discover it, and then you know, gatekeeping is not allowing them to do that. You know, here it's just toxic fans telling the creators, "Your game is shit. It's not the way we want it." Like you guys who made this, you ruined it. You know, I will, I will say that. Yeah, like sometimes, like the whole Arrow thing on CW, like you see, that's bad. But it, but it, it's it's a storyline that. It's a continuing storyline. You know, like, they tried to do that with Mass Effect 3. How, like, oh, the the ending sucked and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, they hated it. Which, I will say, there were some valid valid arguments on that. And, um, so I will say that, you know, there are some valid, valid arguments. Back to Mass Effect 3. Um, yeah, people hated the ending for Part 3. They went ahead and released an update that, I guess you can say, sort of fixed the ending. The only thing that really needed fixing were the plot holes. That's it. Like, how, you know, why the fuck was Joker already in uh, space? It's like, okay, how the fuck did they end up on that planet? But they fixed it, and, you know, I- I'm fine with Mass Effect 3. Only problem is Mass Effect 3 feels way too linear compared to the other games. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be it for this one. Um, the next one we are for sure going to talk about Forbidden Planet. Oh, I hope you dudes are fucking ready for Forbidden Planet because, I mean, shit, we were talking about it a lot the other night, which sucks. We should have just shut the fuck up. Do like a watch-along stream or something. Yeah, do what, like a little fucking our own uh, commentary thing on it? Hell yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, we'll see. Do that bitch. Watch it again. Pretend, Pretend it's our first time all over again. Alright, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and probably do the next one real soon. But yeah, that's it for now.